You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. So I titled this message today, The Spirit of Wisdom. So if, you're, if you are in here and that is something that you need is wisdom, which all of us need wisdom. Everybody, if you're in here and you say you don't need wisdom, you may need it the most of all. So all of us need wisdom. We all need to be able to grow and to develop. And so I'm going to start with this from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read a, quite a bit of scripture, and then I'm going to explain this to you, okay? But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and, and you can read it from a different translation. This one I'm going to read to you from the New American Standard. But this is Paul, and Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, and this is what he's talking to them about is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He wants them to understand something about hearing from God, okay? So <clears throat> he says, when I came to you, brethren, and you could substitute that, say brothers and sisters, but... Uh, for the sake of the context, he just put down brothers. And when I came to you, brothers, I didn't come with the superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. For I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Now watch this verse 4. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Now, carefully understand what he's talking about here is the revelation that God is giving. This is not referring to, and a lot of times people say things like, well, this was miracles, this was the power of God, this is a guy, strength preacher, oh, it's the power of God. No, that's not what he's talking about. The context is revelation. That is the context of the Bible verse. It is the spirit of the revelation of the Holy Spirit bringing this. So Paul is saying, don't get this wrong. I didn't come to you with super eloquent speech and trying to convince you because of my pedigree, my background. No, I came not knowing anything but Christ and him crucified, but I relied heavily on the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about words so that it would pierce your heart and you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is God and not a man. Because everybody was great speakers in that day. You have to understand, to be a great orator, that was the key. I mean, everybody, they worked really hard because there was no ESPN. There was no, you know, television, Netflix. You couldn't binge watch Tiger King or whatever it is everybody was watching last month. But you can't, there was none of that. So entertainment was speech. And so therefore, a lot of guys had persuasive speech. But Paul said, I didn't do that. And he said, yet, verse 6, just so you don't misunderstand me, he said, verse 6, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age had understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, these things which eye has not seen nor ear have heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you know that there are things that God has for you? There are things he has for you you don't even know yet. Listen to me right now at home. There are things that God has for you that you do not know yet what those things are because they are in here, but you've got to figure out how to hear what those things are. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things which God has prepared for them that love him. He has things for you, and you're never going to find it out by just the wisdom of this world. You can go get a degree. You can go to college, and you should do that. There's nothing wrong. You ought to do that. You should do that. But that right there is one thing. That is getting knowledge. 
But that is not the same thing as what Paul is talking about here. He says there are things that your eye has not seen nor your ear has heard about what he has prepared for you. Verse 10, for to us God has revealed them, watch this, through his spirit. That means you can go to school for, you know, all day long and all night long. And you can take online classes too and you can double up and get every degree that you can possibly get and still not get some things because they are spiritually revealed. Now, that's a fact. That's just a fact. You, no matter what anybody else will tell you, I'm telling you, there are things that the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you will not get from a book. Now, he goes further and he says, watch this. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Now, don't get confused by the terminology here. Just listen closely. Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, what he's saying is, you can't know God, just like you can't know what I'm thinking right now. Look at me right now. Everybody look at me. Look right here at my eyeballs. Now, you at home, look at me right now. Does any of you know what I'm thinking? I'm going to let you guess. I'm going to give one person a guess. Anybody want to try and guess? All right. Asher, what do you think I'm thinking? Nope. Anybody else? Dude, that was close. Chase, you didn't hear John said cheeseburgers. That was really close. I was actually thinking, I just had a cry. I thought, purple elephant. Nobody's going to think about a purple elephant. That's what went through my head. So you can't possibly know that. You can't know what I'm thinking. So what he's saying is, just like you don't know what I'm thinking, you don't know what God's thinking. But watch this. He says, though we don't know, the only one that does know is the Spirit of God. So watch what he says next. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who knows among men the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Watch this verse 12, though. But now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we might know. See, that was, y'all, so everybody at home? They asleep here. So we have revealed the spirit. We have received the spirit so that we might know something. That, that is something that to me has always been the most beautiful thing about Christianity is the beautiful revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff, man. I went to a charismatic school for college. And I've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff I didn't understand. I still don't understand. I've seen a lot of things that's moved and came and gone. And, and you know, here's this and here's that. You know, we used to wear a bunch of suits. Everybody had ties at church. You remember that? Everybody. Came in in suits and ladies had dresses on. Now we don't do that so much, do we? We, we kind of, every now and then we might wear a tie. I got a few ties. I wear them every now and then. But we don't wear them all the time. Clothing's changed. Trends change. We never had lights like this when we were like 30 years ago. It was all bright and fluorescent. And you could see every little thing in the room, right? And then we changed and things, things come and they go. Things coming. But all of that means nothing. It is amazing to me how you can just be minding your business. And not thinking a thing about anything about God. And all of a sudden, he just drops something in your heart that you didn't come up with and no one told you you got that from the Holy Spirit. It is one of the most wonderful benefits about being a Christian is the things that's revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And he says this, that you might know the things freely given to us by God. And Paul says, these are the things which we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But watch this, verse 14. Now listen. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. 
And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or spiritually evaluated. And then he goes on to say this, but he who is spiritual evaluates all things or appraises all things. You know what an appraisal is? It's when you take look at a car, see what the value of it is. You appraise it. You examine it, right? So a spiritual person, they examine things, yet he himself is examined by no one or appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Man, that, there's so much scripture, so many truths in that right there alone. We could talk all day about this couple of verses. But I wanted you to hear this from me today. Spiritual wisdom, listen to me, is not from a book. It's not from a book. You get knowledge from a book. And I know that we have a book called the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, right? That's the book for me. But I'm telling you right now, spiritual wisdom, I'm going to say something. You're going to think I'm, I'm just don't log off right now, okay? If you, if you just logged on and what I'm about to say, you can't log off right now. You're going to stay with us the whole time when I say this. But knowledge is obtained by reading. That is not spiritual wisdom. Those things must be revealed to you by his spirit. This is why when people read these kinds of things, they read the book and people say, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And then someone else comes along and says, well, this is what it means. They go, how'd you get that? Spiritually, it was revealed to them. It's not yet been revealed to you. And don't take it personally. Because God doesn't reveal everything at one time to everybody. But this book is a book that you read to know about God, to understand God, to see who he is, what he's like. But it's not all there is to know about God. Think about this. If this is all we've got about God, we are really in trouble. When we get to heaven, he's probably going to take this from us and say, listen, this was to help you. Now, put this aside for a moment. Let me show you some stuff. Angels, sing. You'll be like, oh. you know, I read about that, that y'all circled around and around all the time, but this is totally not what I thought it was in the Bible. Because the Bible, you read it for knowledge. You get knowledge from a book, but wisdom is how to apply it. And so I'm going to say something to prove this to you out right now, okay? You may not have read this scripture before, but I'm going to say a statement, and this is where you can't log off. If you're in the room, I'll be able to hang, but if you log off, you're going to think I said something that I don't really mean, okay? So hang in there. I'm going to say a statement to you that's from the Bible, and when I say it to you, you're going to know something immediately. Now, don't tune me out, okay? I'm going to say a statement to you. Jesus is cursed. Now, when I say that on the inside of you, you automatically know that is, seems weird. Why would he say that? That's not right. There's something on the inside of you when people say things that you know are not correct that goes, oh, I don't believe that's true. So Paul tells us this, and let me, let me read the scripture to you so you hear this, but 1 Corinthians 12.3. Paul says, I made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of the Lord can say that Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You want to find out if somebody's saved or not saved? You want to find out if you really believe what you think you say? Have somebody say Jesus is Lord. Because if they don't have the Holy Spirit, they're going to have a hard time saying it. Because here's why. I don't want to say that because they know if I say it, then I'm acknowledging that Jesus is Lord over me. Therefore, they've got to have the Spirit of God to even acknowledge that statement. So Paul says when you hear people say things 
If someone tells you, no, that Jesus thing, that ain't real, that's fake, he's cursed. You automatically know that's not true. And I bet you've may, you maybe have read this verse of scripture, but many have probably never read that verse of scripture before. How would you know that? Because spiritually, you discern it. You know stuff that you don't even read from this Bible. Now, how is that possible? Because the Holy Spirit reveals things to you. Now, how does he do it? Well, 1 John 2.20 says this. You have an unction from the Holy One. This is King James. I told you I'm going to break a little King James out on you. It's only because it helps me. I'm, I, can, I can do it faster this way. But, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, obviously, he doesn't mean that you know everything, because if you know everything, then Paul would have told Timothy to study, show thyself approved. He doesn't say that you know everything. You still need to study your Bible. But he says you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. That means you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. It means that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and he will reveal things to you, and you know if it's right or if it's wrong. That's why when your kids say, can I go with so-and-so? And in here, alarm bells are going off. Like, listen to me at home right now. Alarm bells are going off. And they're going like, ding, 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 ding. No, don't let them go with this person. But you're feeling the pressure and the persuasion. Oh, but please, they're good people in their family. You've never met them. You don't know anything about them. But alarm bells are going off saying, no, no, no. Why? That's the Holy Spirit telling you, don't do it. And yet... You have no Bible verse in here at all for that. Thou shalt not let your children go with Johnny. It's not in the Bible. Nowhere is it in the Bible. How do you know that? Because you have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. Verse 27 of that same chapter. As for you, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you have no need for anyone to teach you. That doesn't mean, it, obviously, he wouldn't have said there's pastors, evangelists, teachers, apostles, or prophets. Ministry giftings taught to teach and train people in the Bible. Why would he give you that? So you know that's not what he's talking about. But what he says is you don't have anybody who needs to teach you. That you have an anointing. As his anointing teaches you about things and is true and not a lie, just as he has taught you, you abide in him. He means this, that you have an anointing. You can understand things when people preach to you or teach to you. You don't have to have... All of this at one time, you can be broken down as somebody's teaching. You can hear a part of it and know what they're talking about and understand it. Now, let me share something with you about this next five minutes here. As preachers, you may not know this. I'm going to let you in on that little secret. Those of you at home right now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Shh. Now, don't you tell nobody. Preachers know the room. So you might think we don't know the room. Now listen, when I get off this platform, it's gone. But while we're in this little environment like this right here, I know the room. Listen, to you those at home right now, I'm not in your room, but the Lord gives me things to share. And why would I share those things? Because he gives them to me to share. But watch this, in the room, we know just as much when there's been gossip in the week as there's been generosity. You might think, how do you know? of what I'm teaching you right now. We know as much when there's depression in the room as there is discipleship. See, because when, when you stand up here, you may not know this because when you sit in the seat, you don't, you, don't, you don't know this. But like the Lord gives us stuff and we'll be sitting here and like you feel it. Like you can be in the room right now. I can feel stuff. Like when no one was in the room, it was totally different. I'm not making this up. Ask Joey and our team was back there. I would go and I would tell the camera, I'm like, oh, man, this is way easier. 
Like when you guys were all at home, like you just click on, I was just me, a camera, and a few people. I was like, let's do another one. I was like, man, I mean, I was ready to go play golf after church. When I get done today, I won't play golf. I'll be done. It drains the life out of you emotionally. Like I can't explain other than you are just spent because you feel the room. Like we feel your burdens. We feel your pain. We feel your anxiety. We feel your, not maybe your exact thoughts, not reading your mail. Sometimes God will give you that. But you just feel the room. And it's the oddest thing. But you know things. You discern things. And this is why we worship. It's not to sit up and watch a bunch of people sing some songs. Let's clap our hands. "Ah, Two and four or one and three or whatever the beat is. If you can't keep beat, just don't clap. But, you know, maybe you can sing. But whatever it is, we're doing warfare. See, we come into worship, and that's the thing you miss when you come in. You think, well, I'll just catch the last song. No, no, no. The problem is you've missed the opportunity to break down a stronghold so you can actually get something from God. And so when I get up here and I start sharing something with you, see, I feel that junk because you didn't give it to God during worship. Instead of you to give it to God in worship, I'd be able to do a much better job at giving you a word. But when you come in here and go, well, it's the third song. I'll just get it, you know, and it's just not that big a deal. Oh, no, no, you misunderstood everything. You thought this was the most important part. Listen, you can go online and listen to Furtick and Greg Groeschel and anybody else you want to and get plenty of this right here. But what you can't get, what you won't get online, except right now in your home when you're listening to this church because this is your church, you're going to get it through your home right now, is worshiping God. If you skip over the worship and say, I'll just catch the preacher, you miss the most important part. Because the worship, it's not about these guys. It's not about them singing. It's not about what, they, what note they hit or what song they play. It's about warfare to break that junk off of you all week. All the fears about everything going on, the murder hornets, the, the COVID and, the, and, the, and everything else that's going on, whatever else is coming, the dust from Sahara, I don't know. Everything. Break it off. So why? So God can just share something with you. Because what I preach, it may not be what God wants to tell you. I've been in a, in, a, in a room and listened to a guy preach, and he'll be teaching one thing, and God give me something else. And he'd be preaching this and not even realize that's what I needed to hear. And I went home with that, and it changed my life. And that wasn't even in his notes. And you t- isn't it funny how some of you guys have told me this before. Those of you at home, you've told me this before. You've said things to me like, man, Pastor Jody, thank you so much for saying that. And I ask you, what did I say? And you tell me, and I go, I didn't say that. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You said this, and I got it right here. And I go, I didn't say that. You did say that. I heard you say it. And I'm going, I actually have gone back and watched myself. I knew I didn't say it. I knew it because that's the Holy Spirit. And see, you can't manufacture that. That comes spiritually from God. Think about the beauty of that. From the Lord God, our Father, through the Holy Spirit, he deposited something within you. It was so real to you, you thought I said it, and I didn't say it. But it was God. Because he cares about you that much and wanted you to hear something. But a natural person now, a natural person, they're not going to get this. Now, I'm going to just close it with a couple of thoughts here. A natural person will fact check you the whole time you're preaching. You're Googling. I said verse 3, and I meant verse 43, and you check. Oh, he, he said, he said, he, that ain't even the right verse. See, you're natural-minded. 
which tells me then you're not going to hear anything from God. Because natural people, they spend too much time trying to fact check you, proving you wrong. Well, my, my podcast preacher didn't t- say it that way, so it must not be God. And, and you miss the whole point. I don't sit under people I don't trust. I don't know about you, but like I don't, when I go to Dallas, like I don't sit under the leadership out there and go like, I don't trust them. I'm going to I question everything they're doing. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with everything, but that's preference mostly. Why would you sit under someone that you constantly had to fact check? Why wouldn't you give them the benefit of the doubt to say, you know, I've heard Pastor Robert speak, and I've listened to him numerous times, and him misquote a verse. Now, he's got one of the large churches in America, and misquote a verse, and I knew exactly what he meant. I didn't dare question it, because I knew he, he, miss, he misspoke. He meant this, and meant, and and. Imagine what would happen if we all just did that. If instead of looking online and seeing who said it this way, we just listened to what God was trying to say, we'd all grow more from God. Now I'm going to read one more verse of Scripture for you and I'm done here. But spiritual wisdom comes from relationship. You can read this all day long, but I'm telling you, if you don't have prayer and worship connection with God, it's just going to be a bunch of head knowledge. And this is why people fight and argue over this all day long. What are we using our knowledge for? To prove a point? To defend our denominations? So that we can stand our ground and say, no, this is what the Bible says. No, no, I, I could care less. Because I can tell if I'm, I'm going to get a fight with somebody about the Bible, I'm done. I just yield to them and say, okay, okay. What's the point? You're not going to win anyway. Just yield to them and say, okay. It usually diffuses it. Paul says this, watch relationship real quick. Ephesians 1.16 says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this is what from King James I want to read to you. Now, I don't know if you guys can zoom in. I want you to see this. I did this because I want you to see. I don't know. Can y'all zoom in and catch this or no? Um, I'll leave this on so the guys online can see it. But you can see up here on my Bible here, the reason I got these highlighted is for a reason. And I'm going to share something with you today that I want you to hear very close to me. And I'm not doing it so I can show you that I highlight my Bible. I don't care about that. This is an old, I haven't opened this Bible in probably 15 years. This is one I first got. Um, but let me do, give you a piece of advice. If you're going to buy one, buy something with some real leather. Because, um, well, more important than that, buy one that is Smith-Sone. Okay, it's two words. But if you're going to buy one, get you one because it starts pulling out. I've never bought the expensive Bibles. And look, you see why, and they start pulling together. So anyway, but <clears throat> this is what Paul says. He says, I cease not to give you thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, may give unto you, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now that word knowledge is a very interesting word. It's not doing a devotional. It's called a personal relationship. Knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. Now, isn't that funny? We just read about it in 1 Corinthians. He says, look, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. What is he asking you to do? Open your eyes. Your eyes hadn't seen what God has prepared you. What is he praying? Open the eyes of your understanding. I used to pray this. The reason I'm showing you this, I used to pray this when I first got saved nonstop. Still pray these kind of prayers today. You should pray for yourself this prayer. God, I pray that you'd open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my understanding, Lord. He says that you might know what the hope of his calling is and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? What's that? which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The greatest display of God's power thus far has been the resurrection. 
He says, when he raised him from the dead, it set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. Watch this. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and put everything under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is you, the body of Christ, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Because knowing something is different than knowing someone. Now, imagine if I did this. Imagine if Haley were to write me a book. Now, she's watching from home today, baby. Listen, if I told her, why don't you just write me a book about what you like, what you don't like. You tell me all the things that you like to do, where you like to go, all the emotions, everything that I know exact, everything about you, that's the way I know. Now, all the men in the room probably thinking, that wouldn't be a bad idea. We could get one of them books and we could understand a little more about what we're dealing with here. But you know as well as I do, how far is that going to go? If she wrote down everything she liked, didn't like, where she wanted to go, where she wanted to be, all the, her dreams, she wrote them all down. And I just followed that little book every, every day. Today is, today is Sunday. Sunday, she would like a coffee. She would like this. She wants to be able to go to bed. She wants to watch a movie. And I checkmarked every one of those things. And I thought, well, I'm doing good. She's going to love me. Next day, I'm do this, I'm going to do that. Now, how is that a relationship? I'm checkboxing stuff. Is she really going to enjoy that? Like, oh, I'm glad you're reading my book, but I gave you that to understand me so that you would draw close to me and spend time with me relationally. To let you know that I love you, that I care about you, so you get to know me faster in this way, but, but I really wanted to spend quality time with you. And see, so many times with God, with knowledge, this is what we think. We think, well, if I read a lot of this, and I do everything that it says, then God's going to be happy. Well, the Pharisees did that. And they really did. The Pharisees did that. A lot of people do that today, but I want to submit something to you. You know the Bible and not even know God. Because knowledge isn't about just reading a book. A knowledge is a personal relationship with God. Think about this for a moment as we close up. There was a group of people called the Zealots in the Bible. Now, you, you may have heard of these guys, the Zealots. They were interesting characters. The Zealots were, uh, well... I'll be careful what I say. <laughs> we have some of those in our country today. But there are zealots who, they believe more in the power of this kingdom and what it could do than the power of his kingdom and what he can do. They're more consumed with pushing the agendas of this agenda here than they are with the agenda in heaven. They're more correct about what they know and what should be done here, and they will fight you tooth and nail for it here, but refuse to acknowledge what is necessary from his kingdom. Zealots. Extremists, if you will. The funny thing about zealots is this. They, in the Bible, there was a group of them. Barabbas was one. He was released, and Jesus took his place. But there's a whole group of them. The zealots, if you remember anything about them, 
They were the guys who stood strong and they were fighting for the return of Israel, the kingdom of Israel to be reestablished. The Roman was occupying Israel at the time. They were ruling over everything. They were killing people. The Romans were rough guys. They did not allow anything to go on in Jerusalem. They ran over them continuously. And so the Jerusalem, in, the, in Israel, a lot of the Jews, they rose up against, and the zealots were a political group with an ideology that said, we are going to take back our country. And so they were very fervent about this. Did you know that Jesus actually called a zealot as a disciple? His name was Simon, not Simon Peter, Simon. Simon the zealot. On the translation, it calls him a a Canaanite. Now, why would Jesus do that? Well, you can understand why other people thought about Jesus, then he must be thinking he's going to establish his kingdom now in Jerusalem again. He brought on Simon the zealot. He must be going to do something. Watch this. Jesus also called Matthew, a tax collector who worked for the Romans. The zealots hated the Romans. Matthew's working for them. Jesus called both of them into his church. Mm Mm-hmm. You getting what I'm saying right here? Wouldn't it be amazing if we as Republicans and we as Democrats realize that God is actually opening the doors for both. Oh, no, no, that can't possibly be. God would never allow that group. And oh, would he not? He put them in his 12. One who fought for the political regime to be reestablished and the other one who worked for him. He said, yeah, I want you to come and I want you to come. Can you imagine him sitting around having table and dinner? Why is he here? He works for the enemy. We're fighting to stop that. And Matthew's like, wait, wait, why, why is he here? Like, those guys are fighting against me. They're, they're always terrorizing me and throwing stuff in my booth and trying to steal money from me. They're... Jesus called them both. wonder why he did that. I think it's because Jesus knew something that we oftentimes forget. You can know so much about the Bible. You can know so much about God and forget who he really is without a relationship last thing i'll share with you is this you remember the pharisees now let's cherish you can come on up pharisees if you remember what happened with them jesus would go out and minister you remember this jesus went out to minister somebody had a withered hand but it was on the sabbath and all the Pharisees, I think they probably put the guy in there to see what Jesus would do. Because they constantly were doing that, you know. Trying to mess with Jesus. And they, he's got this with a hand. He's looking at them. He's looking at the crowd. Because there's this one group that says, heal him. Another group says, don't you better not do it. Don't you heal him on the Sabbath. And what did Jesus do? He healed the man's hand. And he said, I'm the Lord of even the Sabbath. Isn't it funny how we can forget he's the Lord of? You remember other things, other cases where when he was there, if you think about when Peter, Peter took the sword in Gethsemane, shot right on the ear of the servant Malchus. Now you'd have thought, I bet Simon the Zealot's over in the corner going like, oh, it's on now. That's what I've been waiting for right there. Yeah, baby, we got some swords. It's time to probe down some part. Jesus picks the ear up, looks at the guy. I think he probably looks back at Simon the Zealot a little bit maybe and says, watch this. Heals him. Peter, 
you know, maybe Simon had been hanging out with Peter, so he might be influenced. It didn't take much to get Peter moving, you know what I'm saying? He was like that. All of a sudden, they're looking, going, what are you doing? What are you doing? You, we're taking him down. He did stuff like that all the time. The man that was paralytic on the mat that they let down through the roof, you remember this guy? When they let him down through the roof, tore the roof off these people's houses. Going to have to call Midian to fix some stuff, you know? Tore the whole thing up, set him down. And Jesus said, I'm going to show you something right here. Your sins are forgiven. They all got mad. Because who do you think you are to forgive that person? They don't deserve to be forgiven. What, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. And amazing how we can know so much and think, well, they don't deserve it. Oh, well, you better be careful. Because if you ever get to that point where you think that they don't deserve it, you're in a place where you don't deserve it. I'm telling you, the grace of God is for anybody. It don't matter how far someone's gone, how deep they're in, it doesn't matter. The grace of God is for anybody. Anybody that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Jesus said, watch this, so you might know. You might know, not that you can read it from a book, that you might understand something about me, that the grace of God, son of man, your sins are forgiven, but so you know that I've forgiven him, watch this, pick up your mat and rise. He did it to display who he was. Not to say, look, read your Bible, yeah, but man, know your God. That's why Daniel said, they that know their God shall rise up and do exploits. If you know him and not just know his Bible, so this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge every one of you at home right now. Listen to me about knowing God. It's more than just reading a book, man. It's understanding who Jesus is and what he's about and what he would do. And if he was here right now, what he would do right now. Man, I'm telling you, if Jesus was here right now, he wouldn't be on one side or the other. I can tell you that right now. You think you have the right side? I'm telling you, you don't. Because he wouldn't come to say, I'm going to hang out with you because you fit the ideology that fits my, me best. No, he'd hang out with you for a bit, and then he'd go hang out with this group for a bit, and then go hang out with that. Any group you think is too far, no, he'd go right in the midst of them. That's why he had dinner with all of them. That's Jesus. That's what he did, and we want to be like Jesus, don't we? If we really want to be like Jesus, I'm telling you, it's going to require us to look at something a little differently. He's more concerned about his kingdom than he is ours. I know it's the 4th of July, and I know I understand that, but let me tell you something. This weekend isn't as special for a group of people as it is for others. Just two weeks ago was more special for another group. Because what you think you celebrate isn't the same week that some other people celebrate. And which one's more important to you, the red, white, and the blue, or the kingdom of God? I know that's hard to hear because we Americans die hard, red, white, and blue, baby. We were born in a, I mean, look, which one's more important? Drop, just drop the mic right there. Drop the mic right there. If you couldn't hear that at home, there was a child over here in the corner who just said, the kingdom of God. I ain't got to say anything else. I'm going to pray now because that right there, there you go. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this young child over here just saying that, God, I just believe that was straight from heaven, Lord. I just thank you so much that you're here in our midst today. Lord, I thank you that you move in our lives, that we hear you when you speak, Lord. And God, I pray if there's anybody here or watching online right now that doesn't know you, I pray that they would turn their life over to you. 
Just pray this prayer with me right now. If you're here or you're at home right now, you don't know Christ, I pray that you would just give this moment to him right now. Pray this prayer with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life and I give you my heart. Lord, I turn to you and I acknowledge that you are my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Lord, I yield to you fully and surrender my life. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray and give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Would you give him a hand right now, church? Come on, give them some love online right now. Give them some hearts and some likes. Let them know how much you love them, how, how proud you are of them right now. Listen online and in the house right here, the same thing, connect.cornerstonerome.com. You can hit that link right there and fill out some information for us. We just want to help you get started walking with God, getting to know God, not just read a book about God, but getting to know him relationally, man. So listen, before we go today, we always want to pray this over you before we leave. We just worship God with this a while ago, but we want to speak this over you before you go today. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24 says, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. God bless you, man. We love you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you next time. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.